Chapter 21 of Crops and Methods for Soil Improvement by Alpha AG. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter 21 Tillage. Desirable Physical Condition of the Soil. Successful cropping of land is dependent upon favoring soil conditions. The plants to be grown must have ease in root extension so that their food may be found. There must be moisture to hold the food in solution. There must be air. There must be destruction of plants that would be competitors of the ones desired. A soil rarely is in prime condition for the planting and growth of any crop without some change in its structure by means of tillage, and it does not remain in the best condition for any long period of time. If the number of plants required per acre for a crop is relatively small, tillage of the soil is continued after planting. If the necessary number makes tillage impossible, there is some loss in conditions most favorable to the plant. The particles of soil settle together, and there is loss of water at the surface. Most plants want a mellow soil, and tillage is in large part an effort to make and to keep the condition of the soil friendly to plant life in this respect. The wide variation in methods of tillage are due to the great differences in the texture and structure of soils, and to the habits of plants and skill in selection of methods is a measure of the intelligence used in farming. The Breaking Plow Land containing enough clay to give it an excellent soil inclines to become firm. During the growth of a crop, when plant roots fill the soil and prevent deep stirring, the particles pack closely together, limiting the power of the land to make fertility available. The presence of organic matter counteracts, in part, this packing tendency, but there are few soils that remain permanently mellow. The breaking plow is used to loosen the soil and to undo the firming that has been taking place while plant roots prevented deep tillage. At the same time, the plow may be used to bury organic matter below the surface, affording a clean seed bed. In some soils, it has value in bringing inert soil to the surface and in mixing the soil constituents. Types of plows. The kind and condition of the soil and the character of the crop determine the type of plow to be used. A plow with a short and quite straight mold board does not bury manure and turf in the bottom of the furrow so completely as is the case with a long curved mold board. The organic matter should be distributed throughout all the soil. On the other hand, it is essential to some plants that they have a fine seed bed and one whose surface is free from tufts of grass. The long mold board is preferred in breaking a sod for corn. Its use in plowing for all crops is more general than it should be. The gain in pulverization of the furrow slice due to the curve and the neatness and appearance of the plowed land inducing its use. The disc plow has been used chiefly in soils not requiring deep plowing. It pulverizes better than a mold board plow and buries trash more easily. The device for using two discs to turn a single furrow slice rests upon a sound principle. This plow may be set to run deeper than mold board plows go, and it mixes well all the soil that it turns. The discs are so hung that the mixing of all the soil to a depth of 12 or 15 inches is admirable. The deep tilling plow does not bury the organic matter in the bottom of the furrow and thereby permits the deepening of the soil without bringing an undue amount of subsoil to the surface. Subsoiling the theory of subsoiling always has been captivating. Most soils are too shallow, inviting injury from drought. Enthusiasm regarding subsoiling comes to large numbers of farmers at some time in their experience, and a great number of subsoil plows have been bought. The check to enthusiasm is the fact that few men ever have seen such a plow worn out. Some reasons are as follows. A. 
The subsoil at time of spring plowing rarely is dry enough for good results, and there is danger of puddling. B. The subsoil often is too dry and hard in late summer, when rain permits easy breaking of the topsoil for fall grain. C. The work doubles the labor and time of plowing, and D. The subsoil soon settles together because it contains little organic matter. Subsoiling is generally approved and literal practiced. Land at plow depth becomes packed by the tramping of horses upon it, and the pressure of the plow when the plowing is done at the same depth year after year, and in some soils, subsoiling has been found distinctly valuable. Time of plowing. In great measure, the time of plowing is determined by the effect upon soil moisture and is discussed in the next chapter. Method of plowing. The depth of plowing should be fixed largely by the amount of organic matter in the soil. It is essential that a good percentage of this material should be mixed throughout the soil, and when it is in scant supply, the depth of plowing usually should not be great. Fertile soils should be plowed deep for their own good, and thin soils should be deepened gradually as sods and manures afford a supply of humus-making material. Even when manure is used liberally in a single application on a poor soil, a large amount of inert subsoil should not be thrown upon the surface. The manure goes out of reach of the greatest need, which is in the surface soil where plant life starts. A gradual process of deepening the soil is to be preferred, but such deepening should not be neglected. The subsoil is a store of inert fertility that should not remain dormant. It may not do to say that the success of the best farmers is due to thoroughness in plowing, but it is true that the more successful ones are insistent that the plowing be absolutely thorough. Every inch of the soil should be stirred to a certain depth, and that requires a plow so set that it does not turn a furrow slice much wider than the point can cut. Evenness in depth and width of furrow is seen in good plowing. The disc harrow. The purpose of the plow is to break up the soil so that it will be crumbly and mellow. The frequency with which land should be thoroughly stirred to full plow depth depends upon the condition of the soil and the character of the crops. Oftentimes, a disc or cutaway harrow may replace the plow. Its action is the same as that of the plow, loosening and turning the soil over. When land has had a good plowing within the year and has not become compact, stirring to a depth of four inches may give a better seed bed for some crops than could be made by use of a plow. This is true of land that has produced a cultivated crop and is being prepared for a fall seeding. The gain in time of preparing ground for oats in the spring makes the use of the disc or cutaway harrow profitable on mellow corn stubble land. There is temptation to carry the substitution of the disc harrow for the breaking plow too far. Its use alone would have the same effect as poor plowing, reducing the depth of the soil. The surface soil down to plow depth is the chief feeding ground for plants because it is kept in good tilth by organic matter and tillage. The depth of this soil affects the amount of available plant food and water. The duration of time between deep plowings depends upon the soil and the crops. Experience shows that when the land has been broken for corn or potatoes or beans or similar crop, the one plowing may be sufficient for a succeeding crop. If grass is not seeded with the succeeding crop, it is best to give another thorough plowing before seeding to grass in August if the soil is heavy. But in naturally loose soils, a disc harrow makes a better seed bed. Two influences favor such undue dependence upon a disc harrow that a soil may become shallow. The cost of preparing the seed bed is reduced, and the saving in moisture may give a better stand of plants when the harrow takes the place of the plow. The immediate productiveness of a crop is not an assurance that the method is right. Consideration for the good of the land must be shown. 
Depth of soil is a requirement of a good agriculture, and deep plowing is a means to that end. The looseness of the soil and the character of the season may make substitution right in one instance and wrong in another. Deep soils well filled with organic matter will bear shallow preparation of a seed bed more frequently than thin soils, and yet it is the latter that may profit most by having its best part kept near the surface at the time a new sod must be made. The disc harrow has some place as a substitute for a plow, but when its use results in making a soil more shallow, the harm is a most serious one. Cultivation of Plants if a soil would remain mellow throughout the season, there usually would be no reason to disturb the roots of plants by any deep stirring, and all tillage would only be deep enough to make a mulch of earth for the retention of moisture and to destroy all weeds. Soils containing enough clay to make them retentive of moisture become too compact when rain beats upon the ground, as usually happens after the planting of spring crops. A deep and close cultivation of corn and potato plants after they appear in the row helps to restore the condition created by the plow and harrow, and often is the best practice. There is some sacrifice of roots, but the gain far exceeds the loss. It may be necessary to give a second such cultivation when a clay soil is deficient in organic matter, but the root pruning is a handicap. Controlling Root Growth the exception to the rule that plant roots should not be pruned by deep cultivation is found in the case of a close soil in a wet season. The plants extend their roots only in the soil at the surface because the ground is soaked with water nearly all the time. They cannot form far enough below the surface to withstand a drought that may follow the wet weather. Good tillage in such a case demands the pruning of the roots and the airing of the soil when the ground is dry enough to permit such stirring and the plants then extend their roots in the lower soil where they rightly belong. Judgment is required to decide when such tillage is desirable, but judgment is needed all the time in farming. When a continued period of wet weather affects the position of the plant roots, it rarely is advisable not to risk deeper tillage than is given in a normal season. Under drainage helps to prevent such ill effect of continued rains in the early part of a plant's lifetime. Elimination of Competition Weeds pump the water out of the soil, use up available plant food, and compete for the sunlight. Tillage is given for several reasons, and one is the destruction of weeds. A weeder which stirs the soil only an inch or two deep is an excellent destroyer of weeds when they are starting, but after the weeds are well-rooted, the weeder acts only as a cultivator for the plants that should be destroyed. Modern cultivators have fine teeth that let the surface remain nearly level, and they do their best work when the weeds are small. The use of sweeps should be more general. The blades are so placed that they slip under the surface, letting the soil fall back so that a mulch is formed. Length of cultivation. Most tilled crops grow rapidly until they shade and mulch the soil. Tillage should continue if possible until this occurs. The exception is in the case of orchard trees and other plants that should not have their period of growth extended late in the fall. Good tillage tends to increase the lateness of a crop by encouraging growth. The new wood of trees may not become hardy enough to withstand the frost of winter if tillage is continued. Early maturity is hastened by exhaustion of soil, moisture, and plant food. End of chapter 21